right, notice that last verse there, 1 Corinthians 13 and verse 13, it says, And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity. And we're going to go back and look at a few verses a little bit later, but right now during the Christmas season, we hear a lot more talk about charity. And one thing that you will all be encouraged to do this time of year through advertisements and everybody is give towards charity. And, you know, a lot of, and it's real easy to kind of get guilt tripped this time of year because, you know, you're buying all these things for yourself. You're having all this, you know, you're having a good time for yourself. And then, uh, you know, you, get, you see the TV commercials for those who don't have anything. Okay. And listen, I don't want you to think for five seconds I'm, I'm bashing charity. All right. Uh, you're going to see that I'm 100% for it. But, you know, y'all know how they tug at our heartstrings during this time of year. You know, we all see the commercials this time of year where they're like, you know, what's that song they're always playing for the animal commercials where they show the animals in slow motion? There we go. Right, she, she's got it. Arms of an angel. And there's just something about hearing that song and seeing animals in slow motion that just, you know, makes you want to give your money, right? And the truth is, you know, we do need to be careful with some of these charities because you'll find out they don't always spend your money real well. And the truth is, while we hear a whole lot of talk about charity today and during, during this time of year especially, the reality is the way these charities are promoting themselves and the way people give to these charities is in reality charity without charity. Now, what do I mean by that charity without charity? Because I think that's what we have today. We have there's a lot of charitable giving that goes on today, but the charitable giving that we're seeing going on today is a charity without charity. And look what it says in verse 1 in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal or a ringing bell. That's what I, if I may add something to the scriptures there, you know, it, and the truth is, you know, a lot of times we're real good, you know, at getting up and talking real eloquent, you know, we need to do more to feed the hungry and to help the homeless and, you know, all these things that we can do, you know, let's, let's give and uh, donate to this animal shelter so they can give, you know, help find little puppy dogs, a place that they can call home where they can be loved and treated good. And, you know, and they, and they, they say all these things. But the thing is, if you say all that stuff and you don't have actual charity or love, then you're just making, you're making pretty noises. You're making loud noises, but you're not really doing anything. And the truth is, when you actually start looking into a lot of these charities, you know, compared to the amount of money and things that are being given to them, they're not really getting that much done. And there's a reason for that, and it's because what has become charitable giving today is actually all being done backwards. We're, we're doing everything backwards. And I, I believe we ought to do stuff to help people. I believe we ought to try to help those that are down in their luck, going through a difficult time. And you know what? If you want to help animals out, I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. I, I say go right ahead and do it if that's what you feel led to do. But understand, if you're, if you're, if you're, whatever you're doing, if you're doing it without charity, if you don't have real love in your heart, you're just making noise. And, and I mean, this is one of the most beautiful passages of Scripture. Paul goes on and says, And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. You know, who cares what you know? 
All right, you might be the smartest person in the room. You might be able to outdo us all when it comes to Bible knowledge and everything. But if you don't have charity, if you're not doing anything for anybody, if you don't love people, then you know what? It's all for nothing. You're not, you're not helping me out. You're not helping your neighbor out with all that you know if you're not doing anything with that knowledge. It says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Now, wouldn't we all say that if I walked up to that Salvation Army guy ringing the bell... And I went and I just emptied my wallet out. And I, you know, and I said, I'm going to go farther than that. I'll give you my credit card. You know, and I just, or I, I went and I sold everything I had and I gave it all to these charitable organizations. Most people would say, that's a very charitable person right there. But the Apostle Paul says right here, though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profited me nothing. It looks like it's, there's a way you can give everything you have and yet still not be charitable. Why, why is that? Okay, there's a reason for that. And it says, you know, it doth not be, our charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself. Uh, is not puffed up. Man, I wish I had a lot more time to just spend on each of these verses here. But notice how it mentions, you know, charity suffereth long. And if I may just get ahead of myself a little bit here, do you want to know why we all like you know, putting our money in the Salvation Army bucket or just, you know, donating your money to whatever, it's because it's just real hands off. It's easy. But the truth is, really helping people takes time. And you have to be long suffering. And people who are charitable and who are loving, they're willing to spend the time. And and the truth is, some of us you know, you will, you'll impress somebody if you go and you put a $20 bill, you know, in the bucket or whatever. But the truth is, you know, we would rather put a $20 bill in the bucket than spend four or five hours actually helping somebody because, you know, our time, right? So in reality, you're, these, a lot of times these people aren't really giving that much, but yet you can succeed in feeling good about yourself. Look at those people. They're dropping in their pocket chains. I'm putting in my dollar bills. I am more charitable. No, not, not necessarily. Not, not if you don't have actual charity, not if you're not actually a loving person. So uh, we're not going to spend any more time in that passage, but I just want to, first off, there's two reasons why I believe we are not, or charities are just not helping today, or why they're not doing as much as they could be doing. I'm not saying they're doing nothing. You know, obviously they're doing some things, but they should be and could be doing a lot more. But the two reasons is, one, we've gotten everything backwards and how charity is supposed to work. And I'm going to show you that this message. But then, two, we have the charity without charity. And so, first off, you know, what, you know, so when I say what do we, you know, what does it mean to have charity without charity? What am I talking about? Well, first off, you, know, you can't love someone through a third party. And that's what we're doing. You know, we're, we, we like that third party. You know, okay, let's give them the money and then they can do all the work. But, you know, what will every charity tell you? You know, they're all underfunded, right? And that, that very well may be true when you consider the needs that are out there. But it is, it's a lot easier to let somebody do something for you. But, folks, there's no love in that. Okay? There is no love in that. You know, it, you know, when it comes to spending time, you know, with your wife as a husband, you can't send somebody to do that for you. You know, that's not going to be a good loving relationship. You know, you know you're, you're, you're away or something. You know, my wife, she likes when I call and talk to her on the phone when I'm gone. And it's like, well, I'm just too busy. So, you know, I pay some guy 20 bucks to call for him. And it's like, 
You, you think my wife's going to appreciate that? You think that's going to help our marriage in any way? Folks, when it comes to charity, the title of yesterday is Charity Begins at Home. Okay? And that's a statement that sometimes people use in a way to, as an excuse to be selfish. But in reality, that is a true statement that charity begins at home. There's some things that people can't do for you. There's some things that we need to do ourselves. And when it comes to actually being a friend and loving somebody, you need to be the one to do it. If somebody's out there and they just need a friend, they need someone to love them. It's like, well, you know, I don't have time. I'll pay somebody to go be a friend. I, I, that's not loving. Now, the person who's being their friend is doing it for the money. And in reality, I'm not really doing anything, am I? Oh, well, at least he's got somebody to hang out with. Well, that's good. But you know what he needs more than that? He needs somebody to love him. He needs somebody that will actually be a real friend to them. And, you know, thank God for people who are, are willing to try to be that third party and try to facilitate things and make things happen. But, but in reality, there's only so much they're going to be able to do. And charity is much more effective when it's you doing it hands on. You accomplish more when you are the one doing it versus giving, just giving money to someone else so they can do it. You need to actually look into the eyes of someone if you really want to help them. You know, there's a lot of people that are sitting in churches today that are really good at giving money to missions. They're really good at giving money to getting souls saved, but they're not going to do anything themselves. And you know, I don't even want to, I don't even have time to talk about the scam of a lot of these missions programs that are out there and a lot of these missions that are out there in Baptist churches. Yeah, I can get up and I can talk about the Red Cross and Salvation Army and all these things. You want to talk about some fraud and some waste? Let's just talk about independent, fundamental Baptist missions that are out there today, raising thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, basically for a man to go on vacation in some luxury area of a country somewhere. And we've had him through here before. We had somebody through here who literally his presentation is what convinced me we shouldn't support him. I like the guy and I want to support him. But when I saw his video, he was going to like this luxury vacation retirement area in some other country. And he had to raise an enormous amount of support because it's super expensive to live there. You know, because it's where all the rich people go. And then he was talking about how when he goes there, he's going to spend the first years there learning the language. And I'm thinking, dude, this guy's just going to go on. You know, how, you know how nice that would be as a grown, married man providing for kids? If I could just go for a year in some luxury part of the world and all my responsibility is is to learn a language? Man, that would be wonderful. I'd love to learn another language, but it's hard when you've you got to work and provide for your family. But, you know, when you're freeloading, I guess you can do stuff like that. And I'm, I'm sitting there. And, you know, I mean, I'm working full time. Here, back when all this is going on, I'm thinking, this guy's asking money from us? Sounds like he needs to support me. <laughs> yep. And then he'd been on the mission field for over a year. And turn out there's somebody that goes to his church that listens to my preaching online that uh, contacted me, found out I knew him. And he was like his interpreter because the man still can't even preach in that language. And I'm just like... You want to talk about scams, folks, just these Baptist missions. And you say, well, how is there all that money for it? Because there's a lot of people that know they ought to be 
doing something to get souls saved. And it's easier to just drop 50 bucks in an offering plate and say, let's give it to this missionary. But you know what? The truth is, it doesn't cost you any money to just walk out and knock some doors yourself. And, you know, mission starts at home, too. You know, that's a whole other message we can preach. But the truth is that, you know, the way to make a difference in people's lives through charity is through you doing it. It's from you helping people, you being there for them, you looking for your eyes. It's easy to just give some money and to give some extra cash that you have laying around to a charitable organization. But you know what? You need to be the one actually doing it. And the charitable organization, they can't have real charity because they're not the ones actually sacrificing. Do you realize how easy it is to be generous with somebody else's money? Man, I'll be as generous as you want with your money. You know, but when it's, when it's my money, you know, we, we care a little more, don't we? And the truth is, many of these people today that are given, they're not holding these organizations accountable. These churches that are given all this money to missions, they're not holding these missionaries accountable. They're only given all these things to ease their conscience because they know people are going to hell. And yet it's like, well, at least I'm, I'm, we're doing something. You know, we've got, you know, look at our map that we've got in our auditorium. We're, you know, we're helping get the gospel to every country in the world. Yeah, they're sending 25 bucks a month to all these different places. You really think you're accomplishing anything with that, especially with who you're sending it to half the time? It's an absolute, it's an absolute joke. And so, you know, we make a difference. We care more when we're the ones sacrificing, when we're the ones that are, that are putting the time in. And so many times in these charitable organizations, you know, sometimes they have a lot of volunteers, but you know, a lot of times they have to have paid staff and paid staff are usually doing these things because they're getting paid. And I've said that about my jobs that I've worked throughout the years, you know, at the, except this one, all right. And, and, and in the ministry, and I prove this too, all right. And you know, I prove this. But I've said, you know, whenever I've, all the years I worked at the distribution centers and things like that, I used to always say it, and sometimes people look at me funny, I'm only here for the paycheck. You quit paying me, I'm done. I, you know, I say that all the time. And with the exception of this job, I've always believed it. And you, know, and you all know I did this job for a long time without getting paid anything, all right? So I think I've proved that there. But the truth is, many of these people that are working in these charitable organizations, they're doing it for the paycheck. So it's not out of love. Okay? And the work that's been done here, it was out of love. Well, the work that I've done for Walmart throughout the years wasn't out of love. It was out of love for myself because I wanted that paycheck. And why is it going to be any different with these organizations? You know, that's how they make their living. They have to do these things. They're doing it because they love themselves. And I'm not saying they're bad people because of it. They're good people. You know, people who work hourly jobs and, you know, labor, you know, jobs is doing labor for their paycheck. You know, they're not bad people. They're good people that, you know, it takes character to go out and do the work. But at the same time, that is not out of love. And what people need today is love. They need charity. They need somebody to actually step in and make a difference in their life, not just extend, you know, you know extend things a little bit longer. You know, it, it's somebody to actually step in and make a difference. And it's just a job to many of these people. It's a numbers game. You know, because you, you think about it, too, how much these charitable organizations spend on advertising. You think they're getting these commercials on television for free? 
Now, because they're 501c3 and all these things and considered charitable organizations, you know, the TV companies probably give them a discount and then they use that as a tax write-off for themselves. And and you'll see how all these things are all kind of connected and it gets really corrupt, doesn't it? It gets really corrupt. It gets dirty. And once again, it's not necessarily because these organizations are bad. It's just that's what they have to do. Because they don't want to lose their tax-exempt status. You know, why do you think all of a sudden now the Salvation Army is, you know, put on their mission statement that they're going to serve the LGBTQ community? Because if they're going to stand against them, do you think they're going to keep their tax-exempt status? Do you think they're going to get certain companies continuing to donate to them and all these things? Absolutely not. So, you know, they're dirt. They've gotten dirty. They've gotten corrupt because they're all in the system. And the reality is, why is it that you need to give your clothes to the Salvation Army in order for them to help some? Why can't you just go give your clothes to some people that need them? You know, why can't you just personally help someone? You know, and so we have we've we've disconnected ourselves and that charitable system. It's gotten very corrupt. And so most of these charities said you you can't trust them because a lot of times they are government funded or government regulated. And anything the government gets their hands on, it's going to get dirty real fast. And so, you know, corporate donations, that's another thing we hear talking about, you know, you know, corporate donations is also just another numbers game and an advertising game. And I'm just going to say this right now. I'm really tired of everybody trying to get me to boycott different companies and things because of where they donate their money. Okay. Now, why is it that it's always Starbucks? Why is it that it's always Chick-fil-A? Why is it that it's always like these big-name companies that we're all concerned where the money's going to? I'll tell you why. It's because the news media wants us to hate corporations, you know, because they want the government to have everything. But the truth is, you know, shouldn't we have the same standard then when it comes to our plumber and our mechanic and the drive through worker at McDonald's. What do we think they're doing with their money? I wonder how many people today that you help support throughout the week that went and spent their money on pot. You know, you ought to think about that. You know, you probably should question that person bagging your groceries. You probably ought to question that mechanic. Hey, what are you going to do with my money? What do you, that I'm giving you, I don't want to support somebody that's just going to go and buy drugs. You know, the truth is, that's not what, what people do with their money is their business. And it's already hard, it's hard enough to do right in the world and avoid all the corruption. I just got to go sticking my nose in everybody's business that's out there. You know, I'm just tired of it. We know about the corporations because these big corporations, a lot of their stuff is public. And they've got the news media investigating them, just trying to get us to be down on corporations. I really don't care about that stuff. I really don't. I think a lot of it's a waste of time. If you want to waste your time on it and boycott all these places, go right ahead. Leave me alone. If I like their coffee, I'm going to buy it. You know, if I like their food, I'm going to eat it. If their prices are reasonable and I can afford it and I like their product, I'm going to buy it. And I'm not supporting, you know, their LGBT stuff they're giving the money to. You know, I'm supporting the fact that they made a good product at a decent price and I can actually afford it. And that, that's, that's what I'm going to do. But the thing is, even when it comes to like, why would Chick-fil-A give money to this group? And y'all, you know, everybody, everybody wants to worry about. Why is that? Once again, it's a numbers game. It's about, you know, because what they, a, a lot of times with who these corporations are giving their money to, 
It's not that they're just like, man, I just love the Salvation Army or whatever, and I want to give money to them. No, a lot of times there's advertisement value in giving towards these organizations. A lot of times if they donate large amounts of money to a certain company that's 501c3 or whatever, then that company maybe will put their logo on things or put their name on stuff, and it's advertisement. In reality, these companies are paying for advertisement. They're not just giving out of the goodness of their heart. That's what they do. They advertise. And, you know, and the truth is none of these corporations are going to give money to our church because there's no advertisement value in it. You know, there, there's, they have nothing to gain. We have nothing to give. We're not going to put their logo on our church sign or whatever. You know, we're, not going to, we're not going to do that. You know, so why, they're not going to give to us. And the truth is they're not even really giving, folks. They're paying for advertisement. And you know what? We've done the same thing, too, at our church. We've paid for advertisement through the radio program. I don't know what the radio station does with all the money we give them. I do know that they put our stuff out there. They put our show on the radio. When we've paid for advertisements in the newspaper, I don't know what the newspaper does with all that money. I do know sometimes they print junk in there that I don't like. But they often, they also put our stuff in the paper and help us you know, get our information out there and get the word out about us. So if y'all see just how corrupt and dirty all this stuff is, and it's just, it's just we, get, we get real confused. They like to get a sideline on these things. And so I just say all that to say that most of these charitable organizations are not necessarily what you think. You know, it's, and it's not necessarily that everybody behind it's bad. I think some people probably go into these, you know, they get involved in these things out of the goodness of their heart. You know, man, I want to help people. I'm going to go work for the Red Cross. You know, and a lot of good people are there trying to do the right thing. But a lot of the people up at the top, they've had to make a lot of compromises. They've had to make deals with the devils in order to get the tax break and to get donations from other companies. And you'll find out it's just real ugly and it's real corrupt. But doesn't mean everybody involved in it is bad. So, you know, the charitable organizations many times are nothing more than dispensaries, too, where people can just go get free stuff. You know, go donate to some of these things in San Francisco. You know what they'll do? You know how they help the community? They give them clean needles to shoot up with. Because they don't want them sharing needles and giving each other AIDS and stuff. You know, do you really want your money going towards, you know, clean needles for druggies? I don't, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not really that worried. If you want to, man, if you're just trying to save a few druggies from getting AIDS, you know, I mean, go, go right ahead. I'm, but I don't know. I'd rather give my money to the animal shelter. Uh, personally, but, but anyway, so the real way to be charitable is to remember charity begins at home. And what does that mean? It means it's personal. Okay. It's personal. This is what, and this is what we've gotten backwards. Okay. We just continue to further disconnect ourselves from those in need. And we just try to help through a third party. And so, and if we as a society are going to make a difference, We've got to get things back in the right order. So look what it says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 in verse 3. It says in verse 3, it says, Honor widows that are widows indeed, but if any widow have children or nephews, let them, first, uh, let them learn first to show piety at home and to requite their parents for that it is good and acceptable before God. Now she that is a widow indeed and desolate trusteth in God and continueth in supplication and prayers night and day 
But she that liveth in pleasure is dead while she liveth. And these things give in charge that they may be blameless. But if any provide not for his own, especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Now, we often use this for the bum father who just won't get a job and take care of his family. And the principle's right. But in reality, this is talking about widows here. Okay? That a person, like if, if we have widows in our church that need help, I mean, we've got some dear, sweet ladies in our church that are widows. If something were to happen to them, I sure hope we'd never let them live on the streets. I sure hope we'd never let these ladies starve to death. And the truth is, we would be a rotten church if we did. But first, the first thing, if if there's a situation like that, the children ought to be taking care of them. Or nephews is a word the Bible uses, which is an old English word for grandchildren. And so the children and grandchildren ought to take care of them first. I sure, I mean, and listen, if you let your mom live out in the cold or starve, you are a dirtbag, folks. And, you know, I love my mom and thank, you know, my mom's taking care of my dad's still alive. You know, she doesn't need me to survive. But I sure hope if something ever happened to my dad and my mom lost all her money, that I let her live in my house and I would take care or I would take care of her financially before I just let her out in the streets. And, you know, and we, we don't think about this a whole lot because in our country, you know, there, there we have a lot of protection and there are a lot of programs out there. You're not going to see too many pe- old people just living out on the streets. But, folks, the truth is, it, you know, it, it starts at home. A lot of these nursing homes, they cost a lot of money. I mean, and there's a lot of tax money that goes to them. But it would be cheaper if, if just children or grandchildren let them live in their home and they took care of them. You know how much money that would save? That would save a fortune. Many of these nursing homes that are out there, they have a tough time getting good people that actually take care of them. A lot of times you hear about abuse that goes on in these places. Why is it? Because they don't care. It's a job. They don't love them. But you know what? Not too many kids or grandchildren are going to abuse their, their mothers and fathers or grandparents. So we would save a fortune if we would let our charity begin at home and we would take care of those that are from our house. And that's what God said to do. And you know what? If you do, if you want to give to the nursing home or some place that takes care of the elderly, that's great. But you know what? You're a scumbag if you know you donate $1,000 every year to the local nursing home and your mom's out on the street and you're not taking care of her. You take care of her first. You take care of your family first. And if people are taking care of their own family members, then there probably wouldn't be that many people who needed help that needed help. A lot of these people that are getting all the government help that are out there today, they have family members who could be taking care of them. But the family members are just refusing, and so it costs a fortune to take them. I mean, well, folks, it's, it's wicked how much nursing homes cost. It, it's, it's, it's absolutely wicked. I don't know how anybody could pay, take, you know, do that, pay for it. But that's what happens when the government gets involved. So people need to take care of their own houses, you know, and that... I believe that's one of the ways, too, that we honor our parents. You're not honoring your parents by letting them live out on the streets and not taking care of them. You better take care of it. And i got to watch saying this, too, because my parents are, you know, they're starting to get up there a little bit. But, you know, I'm not letting my parents live out on the streets. And, you know, I'm going to do whatever I have to do to help them out. And that's the way it ought to go. We ought to take care of our family first. You know, and not everybody. Some people just don't have family. Okay? And, yes. Those are the ones that, you know, are going to need help from outside. But imagine if just everyone was taking care of their families. We wouldn't even need 
a lot of these things. And, you know, the truth is, I wonder how many of these charities are just enabling people to just take advantage of the system. It's like, well, I could sacrifice out of my own pocket, or I could let Uncle Sam pay for it out of his own pocket, in everybody's pocket. You know, so in, in, in reality, a lot of people probably would have taken care of their family had that been the only option. And, and, but unfortunately, we've just we're, these programs are enabling people to be deadbeats. I wonder how many of these charities are, you know, how many, maybe even you know, these homeless shelters and things are just helping keep people, they're helping keep people from hitting rock bottom. Because I've seen it before, too, where families who love, maybe they love their children that were growing up and were adults, and they get involved in drugs, they get involved in all these things, and they have to kick them out of the house. And I, and I get it, man. If your child's involved in drugs and alcohol and they're not going to listen, yeah, you need to kick them out of the house. But you know why people used to do that? So they would go out and, like the prodigal son, hit rock bottom. But you know what? Thank God for that prodigal son that he didn't have a bunch of homeless shelters he could go to and a bunch of soup kitchens that he could go to. He was out there. He actually had to go to work. He had to actually suffer a little bit, eat with the pigs like he deserved. And you know what he did? He finally came to himself and he went back home to the father. But we've made it today so people don't have to go back home to the father because they can go to the homeless shelter. I was, at a, I was at a McDonald's one time. I had to wait for somebody. I had some time to kill. And so I'm just sitting in there, and I'm just kind of waiting. And there was a bunch of people that were there, all from the homeless shelter, just hanging out there. And I'm listening to their conversation. They're all from the homeless shelter, and they're all on their cell phones. And the one was talking about how he just got kicked out of the shelter because he wouldn't do his job. You know, they, I guess this homeless shelter, they gave him jobs to do. They were making him work there. Man, can you believe those oppressors? You know, but what? So he wouldn't do it. So he got kicked out. And they're like, no, it's terrible, you know. And they're sitting around there all day because there's certain times of the day when they're not supposed to be at the shelter, you know, because the people that actually have to work there and take care of these people like little babies, they need a break. And so they're just killing time at McDonald's. I don't know who gave them the money to pay for McDonald's. Just waiting for the time when they can go back in there and just have a place to lay around and play in their cell phones. Well, the, our country is doing more damage with these things than anything. And families many times are choosing to send them out hoping that they will suffer and hoping they will get right, and they can't because we are enabling them through these things. Let the families take care of them. They can do so much more. They can do so much better. And so we need to take care of our families first. We need to take care of those who are working for us. Now look what it, uh, and still in First Timothy chapter five. Look what it says in verse seventeen. It says, "Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially they who labor in word and in doctrine. For the Scripture saith, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that treadeth out the corn, and the laborer is worthy of his reward. If someone's working for you, you ought to take care of them. Look what it says in Pro, uh, Proverbs three twenty seven. Withhold not good." From them to whom it is due, when it is in the power of thine hand to do it. Say not unto thy neighbor, Go and come again, and tomorrow I will give. When thou hast it by thee, devise not evil against thy neighbor, seeing he dwelleth securely by thee. Folks, if you owe somebody money, pay them that money that you owe. Don't help put them into bankruptcy. Don't help destroy their business. Don't help get them in a financial difficulty. They did the work for you. Take care of it. Pay them. You owe them. The laborer is worthy of his reward. Give it to them. 
And many people today are suffering because they have been ripped off, because they have been cheated, because many times, too, people are taking advantage of the system that's out there. It's real easy to get away because we don't have debtors' prisons and things like that today. And so people are suffering, but we cannot take advantage of people by ripping them off. And, you know, the reason, too, you know the reason that people typically started moving into towns and cities is because there's a lot we can gain from each other in a community. You know, somebody has a, if you have a skill in a certain area, you can provide a service to people in your community. So you want to live around a lot of people so you can make money off them. You do well securely by them. Okay. You don't want to go and have a, you know, start a car mechanic shop. You know, out in the middle of Wyoming in a you know, town with a population of four. Okay? Now, some people would like to live in a town with a population of four. But how are you going to make a living with your skill that you have? You know what you need to do? You need to move to a town where there's a whole bunch of people who have a whole lot of cars. Right? Because we're, we're, we're trying to make money off of each other. Okay? We don't live close to each other just because we like being around people. Okay? You know, I prefer to not have any neighbors and not be able to see anybody from my house. But the truth is, there is a benefit to living close to a lot of people. And it's because we often need them to make a living off of them. So, you know, keep those things in mind. Your neighbor needs you, so don't be out there ripping them off. All you're going to do is add to the problems and add to the poverty that's going on. You know, we shouldn't be building houses, too, for freeloaders who only want to be a drain on society, we ought to be helping those who are weak, those who are disabled. We should cast out the lazy and let them get hungry. You know, and and let me, I'm going to say something here too, and I mean this, folks. This is going to sound controversial. And it might be controversial. I don't think it is. But hear me out, okay? I personally believe that taxpayers should be able to use welfare recipients as slaves. All right, now, you might get offended by that, but you say, no, because slavery is wrong. I agree, okay? I, I, I agree that slavery is wrong, okay? Now, go ahead and be honest. Do you think it would be wrong for a taxpayer to be able to use a welfare recipient as a slave? All right? Be, go ahead and be honest. If you, do you think that's wrong? All right. Uh, I, I think it's questionable, okay? <laughs> I think it's questionable, because slavery is a pretty bad thing, all right? Making people work for you when they don't want to. Well, you know what? As a taxpayer, I'm tired of working for them. And if they're getting my money when I don't want to give it to them, then that means I'm their slave. So you know what? Those of you who want to get offended because I say that taxpayers ought to be able to use welfare recipients as slaves. Oh, slavery is so bad. Well, then you know what? You're a hypocrite because these welfare recipients are using me as a slave. And I want out of it. I want to exempt all my tax dollars from going to these programs that are out there because I think it's a great big waste. And I want to be free. I thought Abraham Lincoln took care of slavery in the Civil War. But apparently we still got slavery today. And I'm getting tired of it. I want an Emancipation Proclamation. That's what I want. So I don't care if you get offended by that. You know, until we get rid of slavery for the taxpayers, then I, I'm going to promote slavery for the welfare recipients. And just get over that. But anyway, I need to finish up. So we, we need to take care and prioritize our brothers and sisters in Christ, too, over the worldly charitable organizations. It says in Galatians chapter 6, in verse 10, 
Uh, let me turn over there. I don't have that in my notes. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. It says that as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. I do believe in helping others, and I had scripture. I'm not going to take time to go to it. I believe we ought to help people that have we have nothing to do with. People who don't look like us, people who don't act like us, people who are not our religion. I, I believe we ought to help people like that. We ought to do good unto all men, but it says especially unto those who are of the household of faith. And you know, one thing that's amazing, I, I get you know, we get calls here pretty regular for people asking money, and they're always calling our church wanting money, and I always ask them, well, what church do you go to? You know, and my and they never tell me a church. They never have a church that they go to. Because my response is, why isn't your church helping you out? You know, and the truth is, you know, maybe if they were a part of the church, somebody would have helped them out. You know, because the truth is, I'd rather help somebody from here out, somebody I know, somebody who will actually appreciate what I've given because they know me, and somebody, too, who is going to be forced to have to look into my eyes in the future. You know one way I've learned that you can get rid of people in the church? Is loan them some money. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I, was, I had somebody one time, they needed some money, and they asked if they could borrow. And, and I knew this person probably wasn't going to pay it back, but I remember I went and I gave them the money, and I was like, I probably won't see him for a while. And it didn't. I didn't see him for a long time until finally... They had the money, and then they came. And I never told them they had to give it back or anything like that, but I knew the guilt was there. And I was like, I'm probably going to, we'll probably lose this person because it's 50 bucks or whatever I loaned them you know, from myself. But you know, like a few months later, they came back with their $50, and then all of a sudden they were like coming regular for a while after that because it felt like they paid their debt. But, you know, it, it is. You don't want to face that person on a weekly basis that you owe money to. You don't want to take advantage because. Nobody wants to have to look in the face and look in the eyes of the person they're taking advantage of, do they? Nobody wants that. And the truth is, when we're just given through these third-party systems and things, these people, they don't mind. They don't have to look into the eyes of the people they're ripping off and the people they're taking advantage of. And that's why, if we would just help our family, if we would help our neighbors, those that we live around, you know, your neighbor isn't going to want to drive up in that fancy new car when he's just been begging money off of you the week before. Those of the household of faith, those in our church, you know, that's going to take care of a lot of people. And there's going to be opportunity for that. But unfortunately today, we just, we don't want to do that because all of this involves work, it involves sacrifice, it involves disappointment. You're going to be disappointed. You're going to get ripped off. I don't recommend ever loaning money to anybody unless you don't intend to ever get it back again, unless you're okay with that. I recommend you not do that. You know, just give it. And if they pay it back later, great. You know, who cares? I, I, I think that's a, a, a bad idea. But at, at the same time, you know, the charity starts with those around us. That's where real charity is. That's where real love is. You can't love people, it's, it's, or it's hard to love people that you've never seen, and it's really hard for them to love you back when they've never seen you. You need to go there and be up close and personal when it comes to missions and things. You know, I think it's good to go on the mission trips yourselves. You go look into the eyes of those people. You know, now we do need representatives in these other countries, but you know, let's go meet those people. 
let's make sure the missionaries know personally the people who are giving them the money. That way, they're going to be less likely to want to rip us off. Because they know, and I know these people that are giving me the money. I probably better earn this money. I better do something with it. That, that's one of the best ways we can get rid of waste. Because, folks, we do need charity. We, we need real charity in this country. There's a lot of people that need help, but we've got to do it in the right way. And don't just go casting your change into these groups and, you know, you know, you know donating the change, put the change you get in that Ronald McDonald thing in the drive through window and then think you're a charitable person. Okay? I mean, yeah, that was nice. You know, it's, it's nice to give 20 bucks or to give, you know, put your change in the bucket or whatever, but you're not charitable. If that's all you're doing, real charity begins at home. It's up close and personal. And I believe that is what we need in our country today. And I think I think honest people in charities, too, would all agree with what I'm telling you right now. I think I think they would totally agree with what I'm saying. And I, I think our church, we ought to be that way. We ought to be a charitable piece of people. Somebody gets up close and personal and we make a difference in people's life. So with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for all your blessings. Lord, you have been good to us. You've blessed uh, our country. You've blessed our church. Help us to be uh, giving towards other people in the right kind of way. Lord, help us not to just throw money at somebody. But Lord, help us to actually uh, you know, get in people's lives and love them, care for them, help get them on their feet and take care of their needs in a way that really does make a difference. I pray we'll uh, not just turn these things over to a third party to do it for us, but we ourselves uh, will actively be involved, that we will learn the names, that we'll look in the eyes of these people so we can make a real difference. In your name we pray. Amen.